here's the big question. What if you had to start over from scratch and build a business with limited time and resources? Maybe the economy just pulled the rug out from under you, or you're in a business that's underperforming or a career that's going nowhere. How would you flip the switch to go from where you're at to where you want to go? A profitable business that supports your family and allows you to live the life you were meant to live. My name is Jason Liu, and each week I'm going to bring you guests that are further down the road while documenting my own journey. Welcome to the business of feeling good. So welcome everyone to the Business of Feeling Good. This is episode zero and uh, I'll be your host. My name is Jason Liu and uh, I'm grateful that you're here. Um, I'm going to share a little bit kind of the origins and the desires and kind of hopes for this podcast, um, a little bit about my background um, and kind of the journey I've been on through the pitfalls and the challenges and then hopefully um, give you guys a kind of a sneak peek behind the scenes about what's to come, um, kind of what you can expect. Um, what type of uh, guests you're going to hear from, as well as kind of these solo episodes that I'll be producing uh, as well. So um, this has been a real goal of mine, honestly, for the past uh, you know two years, I would say. Um, I've just been almost chicken to produce it. Um, it's been at the back of my mind. It's been something I've always wanted to create. And at the heart of it was really this idea around pivots and changes um, and creating a business that um, not only was profitable, but also was fulfilling. And it was something that I felt like at times I had grasped and other times just felt like it kept sliding through my hands. Um, there's a, there'll be an interview here with a, uh, a mentor of mine, Jess Glazer, and uh, she kind of describes entrepreneurship a little bit like a, a Ferris wheel versus a roller coaster. Yeah, Ferris wheel is a lot like a traditional career where you kind of know what the highs are going to look like, what the lows are going to look like, um, but it's a little bit more predictable. Um, where entrepreneurship is really one of the best highs when it's really running and, and rocking. And it can be incredibly lonely, um, vulnerable, um, isolating when it's in its low points. And um, I can remember going through three very distinct low points along the journey and really feeling like I didn't have a community to reach out to. Um, I felt like, you know, looking at social media was almost like looking at the highlight reel of what everyone was doing. You know, Instagram has the best of the best. Um, and it was scary. You know, you, you're scared kind of comparing yourself to what people are doing and what they're creating. Um, and very rare was it that I found people that were kind of sharing from the place of the beginning. You know, what did it look like when it was messy? What did it look like when it wasn't pretty? Um, what does done look like versus perfection? Um, and so uh, part of the goal of this podcast is to be able to document A, my own journey, and then also bring you guys guests further along the journey that um, you know, can share with you kind of their beliefs, their perspectives, um, their way through some of the failures and hurdles they've gone through. And um, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, now, this podcast is coming out in the middle right now. Today's, I believe, we're in the end of March right now of 2020. And at this current time, uh, we're being hit by COVID-19. And there are a lot of businesses out there for the first time that have this done-for-you model, whether it's cooks or uh, hairdressers or uh, people that come to your home and clean your house um, that can no longer stay in business um, or that aren't open to the business right now. Um, and I think there's an incredible opportunity right now for people to begin to rethink 
how they do business. And I think that there are a lot of people, not to take advantage of people in this economy, but general, uh, but to honestly put out content, to put out information, to put out the ability and to teach people. I think in this economy, there's such a great opportunity for people to be able to teach others, to invest into themselves about how to do things. Um, you know, I'm seeing right now people that cut hair for a living um, shifting to a place of done for you to, um, you know, how do I teach other hairstylists how to do certain cuts? Um, can I teach clients to care for their hair at home? Um, there's an incredible ability right now to build tribes and build communities. Um, but I think it goes back to the idea of what do you want to build? And more importantly, um, you know, this idea of what's going to be fulfilling to you. Um, and so, you know, for me personally, if I can kind of jump back into the story side of kind of how I ended up on this journey and how you and I are connecting right now. Um, and by the way, I am grateful that you are here and listening because this was really meant for a very small community of people. Um, these are typically people that have been in entrepreneurship before. Maybe you're jumping from one business to the next. Maybe you're in the middle of this COVID thing right now and you're trying to decide how you're going to generate income right now. Or maybe you're someone that says, you know what, now's the time to think about if I'm in a career that maybe is not going where I want it to go, how do I make that shift? You know, how do I become a solopreneur? How do I, you know, kind of dive into entrepreneurship? And mine started, I would say, when I was 18. Um, I think, you know, if I'm being honest, my father handed me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I can remember reading it in high school and uh, falling in love with the idea of this idea of passive or residual-based income, right? The ability to do something one time and get paid over and over and over again for it. And it was like this mythical beast, this unicorn idea. And um, I went off to college thinking that I was going to go into veterinary medicine of all things, because being Chinese American, you really have three options <laughs> in uh, this day and age, either a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. And um, while those are amazing professions, uh, I thought it would be cute of me to be able to say that I was going to be a, uh, to go into veterinary medicine because what's better than playing with puppies and kitties all day long. At least that was my perception of it. And uh, I can vividly remember spending my first day in a vet hospital and there was like a neuter, uh, the, the doctor was doing a neuter and a spay. And I can honestly say that, that was like the end of my veterinary career. <laughs> um, not to say that I didn't have the heart or the um, capacity for surgery. I think it was the challenge of day in and day out seeing so many sick animals um, and, you know, animals that were, um, that were hurt, uh, that were dying, that were um, just in the worst shape. And I was like, I can't, I can't imagine. And so for this longest time, I was like, what do I do? Where, where am I going? And yeah, I think... <laughs> I was at UC San Diego and I got introduced to network marketing on the back of a blackboard at USD. I can honestly remember being like literally like everyone's horror story in network marketing, right? Um, a friend of mine's like, we're going to this thing and, you know, not telling you what it is, like literally getting ambushed. And uh, I, I piled into the back of a white Honda Civic hatchback with like four other people. We went from UC San Diego to USD. And someone did a presentation and it was like, this is dating me. This is going to be like long distance service um, that they were selling. And it was like, if you get 10,000 customers, you know, you make $10,000 a month. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's 35,000 people on my campus. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And uh, to my dismay, uh, I did not make <laughs> $10,000 a month. I failed miserably. I was incredibly shy, incredibly introverted. I had a hard time looking people in the eye, which... I know doesn't sound anything remote to if you've met me or spent time with me of who I am today. 
but that was really a challenge for me. Um, culturally, that's kind of the, the, the way that I grew up, or maybe I just was a really shy kid. Um, but it wasn't until about four years into network marketing after dropping out of school after, and I'll, I'll save this story for another time. I was literally berated uh, by an uncle of mine at my cousin's wedding um, for dropping out of school, like literally stood up in front of 200 people, um, berated me and my parents. Um, it was horrible. Um, but four years into it, I think I made my first significant, like, ah, you know, I made some significant income, did really well enough to be a top income earner in that network marketing company. And I spent nine years um, with that company and um, it was incredible. Unfortunately, got bought. Um, some things went down behind the scenes. Uh, I'll say that um, I saw the best of network marketing. I absolutely saw the worst of network marketing. And um, I walked away from that company. And um, honestly, because I just didn't like necessarily who I was becoming with the people within that company. And um, anyways, went through a period where I ended up researching, walking away from multiple six-figure income. I researched uh, about 30 different network marketing companies. Um, I flew out to eight before deciding on an amazing company, which I still, um, I still am attached to. I still am grateful, um, during this COVID-19 time to have an income from, um, and I spent another nine years building a network marketing company, building an amazing organization, working with some incredible people in health and wellness. And I can remember at the height of that power, um, we want to call it that, um, you know, we were making an incredible income. We, I just gotten off stage speaking to about 15,000 people in a sold out arena. And, you know, we were being asked to you know, fly out to Australia and Singapore to go fly and to go train people, which was an amazing opportunity. But I can just remember being there and realizing that um, something was wrong. Um, just something inside of me was at unease. Um, you know, we were doing more income, the biggest organization we could possibly imagine. We had done more than we've ever could dream of in the industry. Yet it, there's something was unsettling about it. There's just, I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Um, but I just wasn't happy, um, which I know really sounds like a first world problem. And I kept trying to figure out how to find that extra gear, how to find that next, like, goal or drive. Maybe I needed a bigger goal. Maybe I needed more mentors. Maybe I needed something. And no matter what I poured onto the fire, it didn't quite seem to get there. And I got to this point where I became very apathetic toward my business to the point where I was kind of almost indifferent to it. And I'll say about two years ago, our business began to start sliding sideways. Um, revenue wasn't the same. Um, the income wasn't the same. And I really thought that once things began to slide sideways, that I'd find this gear because that's how it's always been. When your back's against the wall, you're an entrepreneur, you're going to find a way to get it done you find this gear to build into. And for whatever reason, I couldn't bring myself to go back to the work, to do the, the work that I was asking other people to do. And that was a really uh, surprising feeling because I'd always been able to go back and go prospect, to go connect, to go um, sell people an opportunity or go sell people on the product. It, it had always been something I'd been able to do. And for some reason, my heart just wasn't in it. And I began to have this kind of internal dialogue, this, this question of self-judgment, um, to criticize, um, and the fear and doubt really began to kind of, you know, I guess, come in, um, seep in, right? It almost felt like 
the further my business began to slide, the more it felt like I was being buried by the rubble, like literally cement slabs being put on my back. And it felt like, you know, I was watching other people in the company soar past me. I was, I was comparing myself to other people. Like if I could do this or if they could do this, why can't I do this? Um, you know, I was having sleepless nights. I was, um, you know, my wife was, um, you know, picking up extra work in order to make ends meet. And I'd been so used to being able to support our family. Um, and it was a very humbling experience. And it was one of those where it literally felt like the walls were closing in and it was harder and harder to breathe. And I didn't know what was up because I didn't know who I was outside of that industry in that space of network marketing. And so um, what I do most times when I especially don't know um, is you do first nothing, um, <laughs> which I definitely did. Um, and then my defaults and one of the fortunate things I've been given uh, was a mentor very early on in my career. I always said, Jason, if I was down to my last $100, I would spend that $100 on me. And so I always took that to investing into yourself, your thoughts, your ideas, um, you know, investing in a personal development, personal growth. And so um, I dove back into reading and that was kind of my first outlet to get back to a place where I could feel like myself. Um, and so of all the books, I've read a ton, but one of the books I always keep going back to, and one of the authors I really enjoy is Seth Godin. And Seth is an amazing uh, marketer. Um, he has one of the most incredible blogs of all time. Uh, you guys can literally go back and see that he's written a blog post every single day for, I, I don't know how long now. Um, I mean, literally like 8,000, 10,000 posts in a row daily. Um, and he is the epitome of discipline and constantly putting out work. And I can remember, I always come back to this one blog post and I, I will read it. Um, this was written by Seth in 2015, Seth Godin's, and you can go to blog, and you can find his blog. This was from July 28th, 2015. And this always resonated with me, this post. I've, I've always come back to this. It's called, What is Your Art? And he writes this. I define art as having nothing at all to do with painting. Art is human. Art is a human act, a generous contribution, something that might not work, and it's intended to change the recipient of the, for the better, often causing a connection to happen. Five elements that are difficult to find and worth seeking out. Human, generous, risky, change, and connection. You can be perfect or you can make art. You can keep track of what you get in return or you can make art. You can enjoy the status, the status quo, or you can make art. The most difficult part in choosing whether you want to make art at all in committing to what it really requires of you. And he's written books about this, right? So the Icarus Deception, he wrote Tribes, he wrote a Lynchpin, um, but he talks about this idea of being able to get out this thing that is uniquely yours. And I don't know if it's always pulled you, but it's something that's always been inside me. And I had a great mentor of mine um, who I'll interview later on this podcast um, named James McPartland. And uh, he's an executive coach, um, built an incredible fitness company, sold it. Um, you've probably been on some of his exercise equipment if you've ever been to a gym. But uh, he had this idea and philosophy. He's written books called Unopened Gifts, and I highly recommend them. But uh, he had this idea that said that whoever you believe in that made you, your creator, the person, 
you know, uh, Mother Nature, that when you were born, it was almost like you were loaded up with these unopened gifts. Like they pack you up with all these things, they shove them inside of you and they fire you off to earth, right? Kind of the purpose of life, in his opinion, which I adopt as well, is to be able to open up all these gifts, right? To rip them open, to discover what they are, and to give them away, to serve other people with your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. And he said the greatest, the worst thing in the world is to realize that when your time is up on this planet, when your time is in those last final minutes, and you realize that you left presents or you left gifts that are still sitting under the tree unopened. And that always kind of resonated with me because I think the most vulnerable thing that you can do, but also the greatest thing you can do is to kind of open your heart and to share with the world that thing that makes you uniquely you. And the lesson that kept coming back here, right? Um, I'm always reminded by this quote by uh, Pema, I'll get, I'm going to get this wrong. Pema Chodron. She's a, I believe she's a, a Buddhist monk, but she has this great quote that I always come back to. It's on my wall here. It says, nothing ever goes away until it teaches us what we need to know. And the goal that kind of kept coming back, the epiphany that I ended up coming to was the fact that no matter the money or the accolades or the fame or the recognition or, um, you know, the pat on the backs, that unless I was doing something meaningful, unless I was finding a way to use my gifts, my talents and abilities and give them away to the world and to serve other people, I think that one thing that I was always alluding, that I always try to fill with either more money, more things, more stuff, more cars, more clothes, more whatever, uh, was all covering up for this fact that I needed to be vulnerable enough to share my gifts and to serve other people and um, to make something that was inherently mine and to give it away. And that meant people were gonna love it and that also meant that people might hate it. Um, and that's okay. Um, but I felt like that is the ultimate form of being courageous. And in this day and age and in this time, I think that's a really important thing to have is to be able to be courageous, to hopefully inspire one or two to go do that again and to be courageous and to share their art with the world, to share their business with the world, to share their gifts with the world, and hopefully uh, inspire you to take that next step. So the plan here, kind of the idea between, behind all of this is to do a couple things, right? The goal first and foremost is to build a small tribe of people because I felt so lonely all around that journey when I was by myself. And my hope is to be able to build a community here with this podcast. Also, we've got a Facebook community. It's absolutely free. You can search us out. It's called the Business of Feeling Good, or you can look up the hashtag BO, right, for Business of FG Feeling Good. So you can look up the hashtag BOFG Facebook group. Um, there's no spam. There's no nothing. It's just literally a, a live, free Facebook community where you can plug in, meet other uh, people that are just like you, going through the exact same kind of ups and downs of this journey and be able to bring people together. I do free live content in there. I bring guests in there as well. It's a lot more. If you like this podcast, it's a lot of that. Um, so please feel free to dive in. Um, so first and foremost, it was to build a tribe to get to know you. Second of all, it was to document it, right? I think so often the documentation happens in these day, in this day and age on social media when things are pretty and perfect. Um, and I think 
it's not done enough when things aren't perfect. So this is kind of like, I'm pointing to the sky right now saying, this is what I want to go create, right? I want to go create a profitable business that allows me to use my gifts, my talents and abilities to serve other people. And there's so many people in this day and age that are thinking about how do I, you know, change careers in this new economy? How do I build a business in this new economy? Um, I think it's one of the greatest times to go start building a business. Um, and you have something unique that people are willing to buy. Um, so there's that, and there's a documentation of it from start to finish. You're going to hear interviews that I do that aren't, that aren't perfect where I'm, you know, asking, these are very candid conversation interviews where I'm asking for myself how to find my niche, right? How do I find that niche? How do I find that ideal customer that I'm looking for? Um, you know, if I'm, if I've got so many, if I have options here of what I can teach, how do I narrow it down? Right. Um, what do I need to spend my, uh, you know, income or, or, or where do I really need to invest money in terms of building a business and what needs to just get done as opposed to be perfect or pretty? Um, do you really need, you know, professional website and everything else, or is it better just to have something up and going and moving? Um, so you're going to hear a lot of these questions that I began to ask. And then in my one-offs, I'll share with you what's worked for me. I'm also going to share with you what's not worked for me. So a lot of the failures along the way where I've mismanaged money, where I've misspent money, where, uh, you know, just where I've done dumb stuff. Um, and that's okay. Um, I think that's just part of this journey here. Um, you know, I think the goal here at the end of this is, um, for you guys to, to create something, hopefully inspire you to go build your own business. Um, so if you've been scared to start that thing, um, if you've been scared to kind of tap into what your unique gifts are that you can share with the world, it might be time. Um, so I invite you along this journey. Um, you know, if there's someone that you think really needs to hear this, if there's someone that's just like uh, you and I that are listening to this, please share it with them. Um, you know, please add your feedback, add your comments, please subscribe to it because this is not a podcast for the tens of thousands. This is a podcast for a small tribe of thousands. And, um, you know, every comment, every subscription, um, every review helps fuel this. And um, it allows me to figure out what's landing and what's not here. So, um, you know, hopefully you guys dive in. Um, there's a handful of episodes that are already created and launched. Um, get ready for more one-offs, more short ones. Um, and uh, I'm excited for this journey here. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, um, if you have any questions or comments, please come find us in the Facebook community. Um, please plug in there. Or if you want to find me on the DMs on Instagram, you can find me at underscore Jason Lou, L-E-W underscore again. Um, so again, my name is Jason Lou, and this is the business of feeling good. Cheers. See you on the next one. Thanks again. I hope you guys grabbed some great value out of today's conversation. If you want to further the conversation, I'd love to meet you personally. We've got a free Facebook community that you can dive into, free content, more resources, and I do lives every single week where I get a chance to interact with you and help coach you on exactly what you need. If you want to find it, you can find us at The Business of Feeling Good, or you can search the hashtag BOFG. Again, that's hashtag BOFG. If you like this episode, please share it. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments, your reviews truly mean so much to me. It's the lifeblood of what keeps me going. And it's how I craft the content that's better going to impact you. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.